When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio, we're presented by Currency. We say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic and Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how you doing? Chris, I'm good. How are you? We're good. Uh, we're we're doing fine. We're a little sad. College football's over, but probably not as sad as <laughs> as as TCU fans still. You know, uh, twelve fifteen hours later, there may not be enough nineteen dollar Modelo to get through that beatdown last night. Yeah, I don't know that we want college football to go on for another week or two after what we saw last night. I wouldn't say it's a fitting end because it's not a fitting end of the season, but at the end of that, uh, Georgia put the rest of the nation out of its misery. <laughs> it was just uh, just a boat race. And, you know, the build-up to this was the uh, the little engine that could and, and you know, the, the TCU and despite their recruiting base, the, the three-star developmental program versus Georgia and all their four-star and five-star, and it just it wasn't a fair fight. But, Mitch, you've seen a lot of college football. Where, where do you put this Georgia team historically with what they've done Do they wow you in that same breath as, okay, Vince Young's Texas squad, some of the Nebraska squads, uh, the the Miami team? I mean, they've got the the title right now for largest margin of victory. Yeah, those three that you mentioned, I mean, the Nebraska dynasty, the 01 Miami team, the 05 Texas team, those are all in my conversation. You know, we we sometimes – uh, uh, fall victim to the recency bias and people will talk about 2018 Clemson and 2019 LSU, they were both 15 and 0. And those are the, those are the only teams that, that, that finished 15 and 0 uh, before last night with Georgia. Um, You know, the last two came out of the sec, which, uh, you know, I think is the toughest gauntlet to go through Um, as, as, as strong as, you know, Nebraska's conference schedule was in the nineties and in the seventies when the Huskers won championships. Um, as difficult as, as things were for Texas to get through the big 12 back in 05, you know, I, I think we can, most people agree that what LSU and, and Georgia did in these, these last few years is a tougher run through the thing. And then to have to go through a two game postseason also is, is something different. Um, I don't know if I put them quite on the category of 19 LSU. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation about that last night during the game um, with a coworker and We'll see. You know, time, I guess, is going to tell on some of this stuff. I mean, yeah, you want to judge them entirely for what they did in college. But I think I I probably think a little bit more highly of 2019 LSU, seeing Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase um, and and (laughs) Justin Jefferson and others. I should probably mention Jefferson first. uh, You're okay. You've got got choices. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a. 
it's kind of ridiculous that team, especially on the offensive side. So I, they're, they're in the conversation for sure. Um, I don't think that they have that quarterback. And I, I mean, Hey, he's great. He's amazing. I mean, he was the story of the night. Um, I don't think, I, I think you could put other players. And I would get crucified by Georgia fans. I'm sure for saying this, I think you can put other players in, in that spot. And as long as they had the right makeup and his makeup is a plus, um, they could also engineer that ship. Um, but, uh, yes, that's invented, you know, he's the man of the hour and, uh, you know, congrats to him. And, you know, I know he's a big, he's older than half of the NFL quarterbacks, but whatever he, he won it and won it one back to back. So he's in the same breath with Tommy Frazier and, and others. Mitch Sherman with us from the athletic Hale varsity radio. Mitch, uh, I want to talk a little bit here about Nebraska. We, we had a chance to see each other last Friday at the presser meeting uh, with uh, the coordinators, Satterfield and, and Coach White, and they wowed. But just overall right now, what, what's, a, what's a good word to describe this Nebraska staff that the Coach Rules put together? What's, what's a word? And as I, as I – add a second part to this question just the topic of texas right tcu just played for a championship baylor's been decent tech is playing good ball texas is supposed to be you know in the playoff based on what they're spending and who they get but but how vulnerable is that state right now uh for Mm -hmm. for nebraska and others to to go make make some recruiting hay well nebraska wants to be texas's big 10 team that's the that's the the rally cry as the Husker coaches get back get back to Lincoln this week and and head out on the road um, by the end of the week. You know you're going to see three maybe four Nebraska assistant coaches in the state of Texas on Friday, Thursday or Friday. I think it's Friday when the doors open back up for uh, the January um, recruiting travel as they start to work on will continue to work on the 2024 cycle and and you know maybe put a couple finishing touches on 2023 depending on what happens in the port of portal nebraska got billy camp the wide receiver from virginia last night which is a big addition but he's a one-year guy so you know you're looking to the future beyond 2023 and and you know there's needs that that may yet still be filled by a signee in or two in february texas is um you know nebraska's legitimacy in the state of texas in the eyes of Texas high school is in just the establishment of, of high school football and college football in the state of Texas uh, has grown tremendously. I wouldn't say that Nebraska had a big problem. It's just that in the past, it, or, or maybe you could look at it that way. It's just that they were somewhat forgotten um, over, over the past decade. Yeah, there were players that came out of Texas to Nebraska, but Texas sends players all over the country. There are so many great prospects that come out of that state um, with 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 Matt Rule because of his ties in Texas and and you know he has a protege as the head coach at Texas Tech and Joey McGuire he has Joey McGuire's son um, soon to be announced Garrett McGuire on his staff who is going to recruit in Central Texas he's got Bob Wager who is a legend in the state of Texas um, just having recently stepped down at Arlington Martin a, p- a power school in the Dallas Fort Worth area he'll go in and recruit that area I believe Terrence Knighton D line coach is going to have um, some work to do, some you know, an area in the state of Texas that he helps recruit along with other areas. So um, they, they are um, 
they are looking to be a force in recruiting in the state of Texas. And, you know, they're not going to go head to head with Texas and Texas A&M and win a bunch of battles, but there are players there that they can find and that they will find who fit the profile that, that Matt Rule and the staff want to bring to Nebraska. Mitch Sherman with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Mitch with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you follow him. Some thoughts here as it gets closer to winter conditioning time and Mitch mentioned the recruiting uh, that, that's going to take place and ramp back up uh, end of the week. And I want to go to Dylan Riola. Uh, social media was all over him, at least Nebraska fans, not in a negative way, but just the noticing that, hey, Dylan's at the national title game. You have uh, Nebraska and the family ties, of course, but, you know, Georgia's Georgia's been able to really kind of pick who they want at quarterback, Mitch, in the recruiting game. And uh, the the story of, of Bennett is is impressive, but he wasn't necessarily, you know, Georgia's first, second, or third choice, comparatively speaking. Uh, let's let's talk about Riola here and and that race for for twenty twenty four with uh, with Nebraska being a factor in that race. Yeah, Nebraska is definitely a factor, and you know the one thing about the Rayolas is they're going to travel. Uh, you're going to see the Rayolas go go places, and that's been the case for Dylan, and it'll be the case for Dayton, his younger brother, as they progress through high school. You know, Dylan's now just halfway through. Um, uh, well, no, he'll be a senior next year, so he's he's a little over halfway through with his academic portion of it. Pro- probably a, a mid-year guy, so he's got a year left of high school. He's three quarters of the way through, and and he's been traveling uh, to to campuses, um, to camps since after his freshman year. Um, they're going to continue to do that. You know, he's moved, he's moved schools. They started in, in, in the Dallas area. Uh, now they're in, in Phoenix. Um, you know, he will, he'll stay at, at Chandler for, for his senior year, but this is a mobile family is what I'm saying. They've been to Nebraska many, many times. Um, of course have been to all kinds of other schools. So not a surprise to see the Rayolas show up at the, at the national championship game and, and to see Dylan there and, you know, taking pictures, uh, with, with fans, I think George is definitely a factor here, you know, until he signs with a school, uh, the, the, the recruiting is a crazy game. And, and, um, so we'll see, you know, I, I, I like Nebraska's chances, um, because of, um, the passionate feelings that that family has for the university of Nebraska. It's something you can see in their body language and all over their faces when they come to Nebraska for games and take pictures on the field and, walk around in pregame and, you know, I'm not privy to the conversations that happen behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but I think the coaching transition um, and what has happened over the past two months has been extremely beneficial in the end and will continue to be beneficial for Nebraska in its pursuit of, um, of Dylan Rayola. Um, you can expect that when those doors open for recruiting again this week, that there will be a heavy presence um, that Nebraska sends to Chandler, Arizona to check in on Dylan Rayola and um, just to be there. You know, there's limited, they're limited in the kind of contact that they can have face to face. You're not going to see home visits at this point or anything like that, but um, they will be there. And, and uh, you know, as will other schools, as will Georgia, as will I'm sure USC and others too, uh, but Nebraska will be, um, will be right there in the mix. And, you know, I, I think my, my suspicion is that this is going to work out well for Nebraska. Mitch, you've, seen this uh, recruiting side of things for a while. Does Coach Rule's staff remind you of any 
other staff in college football? I mean, I look at Kirby Smart in Georgia, and I know the vicinity of the talent is is impressive, but they still close. Does does Rule staff remind you of another program out there? Are they their, their own unique animal when it comes to their evaluation, their ability to recruit, and then obviously just they are grinders, they're tireless, it always being two or three steps ahead to be everywhere all the time? That's a good question. It's tough. It's tough because they haven't been together long enough for me to say that I see characteristics of this program or that program. You know, that's all a piece. Those are all pieces to a bigger puzzle that I think come together after they've been on the ground in Lincoln for months, if not years. Um, so no, I, I, you know, I, I don't see sit the, I, I see similarities to different places, but I don't see like an entire, I, I can't make a comparison to, to from one staff and say, this is like Nebraska. They're, they're still, you know, officially, putting this thing together you know we'll get an announcement this week on on wager and and on on garrett mcguire um and on rob Dvorak as the as the linebackers coach you know those guys are in the in the fold now the, the latter two of those are done with their um with their seasons in, in carolina and, and they'll they'll be announced very soon but um you know until then it's still <laughs> officially just a seven seven assistant coaches and matt rule and you know his his um his support staff, the administ- administrative side. So they're still, they're still working on this. I, you know, you asked me, um, and I went in a different direction That's a few fine. minutes ago about how I would describe the staff. And, you know, this may- maybe helps to answer the, the, this question you're asking right now. And, and they haven't had time to go in a different direction, but, but, although I've seen it, I've, I've seen it go in a different direction. Um, so they have had time right now. I see, um, a very functional and that's maybe not the most complimentary complimentary word. Um, it's not, it's, it's, I, I mean it in a, in a way of complimenting them because so often at Nebraska and in, in previous regimes, and I'm not just talking about the Scott Frost years. So, so often at Nebraska, there has been dysfunction that has bogged things down. Um, and, so far with this group, what I see is efficiency, function, you know, common sense, um, running the, the organization. Um, excellent at communication from the head coach on down through other areas of the staff uh, in the way that they communicate with the recruits. Um, you know, they're going to get even better at that as they have more time to, to, to branch out. But, um, you know, yeah, that's that's uh that's what I observe here as we're, what, six or seven weeks into this thing. Mitch Sherman with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up and, uh, and ask you the, uh, the, the question that, that uh, The Athletic put out this morning on Twitter. And would you rather lose in a blowout or would you rather lose a heartbreaker? I think I'd rather lose a heartbreaker. I mean, you know, it's going to hurt more in the end. Um, but if I'm TCU and I wake up this morning, yeah, I th- I'd rather go down 35, 34 than 65 to seven. Um, that's a, that's a fairly easy one to answer. I'm with you. I, I paused when, when I saw it and I read it and I'm like, you know, that, that pain is, feels like forever. If you're uh, if you lose a nail biter, but then 
You've seen it work from a motivational standpoint at a very, very high level. Specifically, you look at what uh, what Nebraska turned the 94 Orange Bowl into, just from a uh, an example right. here. And, right. and then, but listen, I mean, there, he went into 20, 2002, I should say, post Miami's drubbing, you know, drubbing of you, and it just it went bad to worse. So I do, yeah, I do think it's it's um, it's easier, or it's it's it makes more sense to be able to find great motivation and build on a close loss than it does to build on something. It's hard to build off of last night if you're TCU. I mean, didn't ruin their season by any means, but. It's a, that's one that you kind of have to just forget. Yeah, you just walk away from and just never to be referenced again, right? Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Mitch, we'll talk again next week. Always uh, appreciate checking in with you. Thanks for the time today. Okay, thanks a lot, Chris.